Hello, and welcome again to SOMA Podcast. I'm Hannah Anderson, and today we're continuing on in our series entitled Empowered, Stories of the Unconventional, Unexpected, and Surprising Work of God. Over the last few weeks, we've been hearing from SOMA members about how they're encountering the Holy Spirit in their own lives. And today we're talking with Mac and Bannon about how the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and leads us back to Christ. Now, if you've read through the book of Acts with us in the community rule of life, you've already seen how the Holy Spirit works in the lives of those who follow Jesus, how he empowers them to witness, meet needs, and even endure suffering. But perhaps the most personal and profound work the Spirit does is to draw us to surrender to Christ in the first place. In this episode, you'll hear Mac and me talk about this idea of surrender a lot, how following the Holy Spirit really comes down to who gets to say what goes in our lives. Our conversation reminded me of something a friend once wrote. She found herself immersed in ministry, doing her best to follow God faithfully wherever he would lead, and eventually she ended up in Southeast Asia in mission work, but then just as unexpectedly found herself unable to serve in the way she wanted. The exact details are unimportant, but finding herself unable to serve God in the way she thought best, she also found herself deeply discouraged and even a bit angry. She wrote about the tension she felt when she realized that there is a difference between being committed to God and being surrendered to God. I hear something of this difference in Mackin's story, as well as the story of the Apostle Paul in Acts. Being willing to heed the call of the Holy Spirit means letting Jesus be Lord of our lives and not ourselves. It means surrendering to his ways, even when they don't make sense to us. And ultimately, it means walking forward in faith, believing that his ways truly are life and health and peace. But let's hear Mackin tell it. Well, Mackin, I just want to welcome you to SOMA Podcast and to say thank you for coming on and having a conversation with me today. Yes, I am happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Well, as you know, you know, and listeners know, we've been trying to have stories over the last few episodes of folks who maybe have been at SOMA for a while, maybe are fairly new, um, just to kind of reacquaint and get to know each other better, and also to see how the Holy Spirit is at work among the body at SOMA. And today, I wanted to see if you and I could talk a little bit about um, our experience of the Holy Spirit as he draws us into greater faith and relationship uh, with Christ. But before we do that, who is Mac and Bannon? Why don't you tell us and tell your listeners um, who you are, where you come from, how you ended up at SOMA, all the details. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a um, small town up in northern Indiana, Warsaw, Indiana. <gasps> ah, wait, we have to stop. Uh -oh. I lived in Warsaw, Indiana for 18 months. Really? I did. Those were our Indiana days. This was probably nine years ago. So, hello, neighbor. <laughs> small small world, isn't it? Small world. All right, you can continue um, now. But yes, yeah, so I um, grew up in Warsaw, Indiana. I grew up in the church, um, went to church my whole life, um, to the same church that my mom went to and my grandma went to. Um, and then, yeah, kind of as I hit high school, um, got a little older, I was really starting to 
um, coming to my own with my faith. Um, I was able to be a part of a really good um, youth group um, that just had a lot of lot of great leadership and and other people to kind of other people my age to be in community with and work through things with. Um, but then as I went off to college, I started to fall away from my faith a little bit. Um, wasn't really going to church through those times. Wasn't really um, kind of pursuing my faith at all. Um, and then after graduation, um, I moved to Indianapolis. Uh, I landed an internship. Um, and funny enough, my first encounter with SOMA was not um, attending a service at SOMA, but um, the company that I was interning with was actually renting out some of the office space on the second floor of, of the SOMA building. Um, I was actually working in the building for, for four or five months there um, that fall after I graduated college. And actually, was it all the most high on SOMA at that point? Because they were doing a lot of construction throughout the day and it was loud, um, but that that is all well and good. Uh, but yeah, just kind of a funny way to, to find out about SOMA. To be SOMA. introduced, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but then after that, uh, internship ended kind of at the end of, uh, 2014, um, I spent several months after that unemployed and looking for a full-time job. Um, and after finally landing an opportunity, um, and staying in Indianapolis, it was time to find a church home. So obviously the first church I checked out was Soma because it was nearby and I was very, uh, very familiar with it. Um, and so the rest is history from there. Well, there you go. There's your advertisement for uh, making sure you're visible and connecting with the public beyond uh, Sunday morning, right? So there's there's all points of different connections when you, when the church is a presence um, in the community. But I wanted to kind of pull out a couple threads that you mentioned there about growing up in church, um, you know, having an active kind of relationship, experience of God, and then being on your own um, and maybe not being as in tune or as engaged with with the church. I don't know how what language you would use to describe it, um, but just kind of finding yourself not in the same rhythms maybe as childhood. Looking back on that, what do you uh, what do you see happening there? Yeah, I think definitely a big part of it is when you're growing up, if you're a part of a family that that are believers and go to church, it's, I mean, you know, you don't necessarily have a choice like that kind of that's the expectation. You go to church on Sundays, um, you go to youth group on this night or the, the kids ministry on that night. Um, and it's a lot, um, it's just a lot easier that way, just because it's kind of a part of your, your weekly um, rhythm, I guess. And so when I went off to college, um, I think um, for me, it was kind of twofold. One, um, I went to the University of Notre Dame, which is a very Catholic institution, and I was not Catholic. So I think part of it was just um, there ne wasn't necessarily an ease of access to, I guess, the the kind of of church or resources that I was familiar with and used to. Um, and then two, I think it's, yeah, it's just having that independence for the first time and, and trying to find yourself. I think um, 
that kind of works out differently for everyone. For me, um, I had to, my stories that I had to, to go a little bit off the path and a little bit wayward before um, the Lord and the Holy Spirit drew me back in, which um, I'm sure we'll be talking about in a little bit here. But um, yeah, I think for, for every person, when they get that independence for the first time, it can go a variety of ways. Um, and yeah, for me, I think it was just kind of, yeah, trying to, to find out who I am and, and all that stuff. And um, yeah, it just, it just took me a little bit of time. Yeah. And I think it's significant that you tie it to that, that season of independence or trying to figure out who you are, because for some folks, this may not happen at the same age, you know, maybe for a lot of folks, it's kind of coming into college or your young adulthood. But I've also known folks who maybe moved pretty seamlessly from, um, you know, maybe a Christian home and the structure of that, maybe even into their own homes and strongly structured practices. And maybe they hit middle age and that's when their faith crisis hits and they have to uh, sort through their own sense of who they are, who they are in relationship to God. Um, And that word independence is interesting too, because I think what I've observed is, um, you want to experience that independence. And the only way we know to understand independence is not to do what we're told, right? <laughs> so so it's almost as if it's a, a reaction, um, n- not even a selective choice on our part, but just saying, okay, I'm going to do the opposite of uh, what perhaps I've been guided to do or know to do. So as you're in that place, and and I'm sure, you know, other folks have had similar trajectories and stories, or maybe they know, uh, have friends or loved ones who are in that space now. Let's tell me a little bit about how you navigated or experienced any guilt or sense of conviction that you may have felt in that season. Because I think it's really important for us as we are praying for and loving our friends and family through their own seasons like this, that that we know that there is a process happening, that, that something is going on. Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. I think, I know at least for me personally, I feel like maybe during that season, I, I felt less guilt maybe about what I was doing or my actions. I know kind of predating that kind of through high school. Um, I know obviously there's, there's all, all sorts of things as you get older into high school that um, people struggle with and, and sin patterns and things like that. There's a lot of guilt there. And I think for me, um, and this probably stemmed from just not being in the word regularly, not going to church, having that Christian community, the the guilt I feel like just kind of faded over time almost, um, and I kind of got into a place where there there was there wasn't a lot of guilt there, and then um, so kind of through college, and then um, as I was kind of going through things um, after I moved to Indy and looking for a job and all that, I feel like um, that's when I kind of felt God calling to me a little bit in that time and where I, I started to, to kind of come back to him and to my faith. And then obviously as your faith grows, um, 
yeah, you become, become kind of more aware of, of your actions and thoughts and what you what you should and shouldn't be be saying or doing or thinking. And that's really significant um, because what you're you're bringing to the front is that one of the things the Holy Spirit does is he convicts of sin. And there's a difference between just that kind of residual guilt of, well, I know I'm supposed to be doing this or I used to do this thing all the time and now I'm not doing it. And, and that's like a human level of guilt that eventually you can be habituated to. That we can kind of, I think Paul puts it, we can have our conscience seared where it's just this kind of um, guilt of practice or habit. But what you're describing about the Holy Spirit kind of awakening you later in this process is something richer and deeper that isn't just the, the guilt of I'm not performing you know, that I, what I should have done, or I've, I've gotten out of my habits or the, the kind of cultural guilt that we might experience coming out of um, Christian community. So walk us through that. What did God do? How did the Holy Spirit kind of awaken you to your spiritual needs? What was the experience like of, of slowly wrestling with him and finally coming back and surrender to him? Yeah, so just to kind of um, pick the story up where I left off. So I, um, yeah, I found Soma, um, was kind of settling in here in Indianapolis. And um, yeah, that time of, of unemployment um, kind of brought me brought me back to the church. It was a really tough season for me, kind of lots of those um, why questions, why is this happening? Um, and I kind of got to the point where, where I realized, okay, maybe this is God trying to teach me something through this experience. Um, and maybe I need to lean into that a little bit. Um, and so that's really what got me, um, to the point where I was, I was looking for a church home to kind of, um, come back to church. Um, and so I got plugged in at Soma, was plugging into a community, finding that community that I kind of been missing, but I still wasn't wholly surrendering my life to the Lord. I wasn't kind of, going all in. I was just kind of go, going partway and waiting in a little bit. I was still um, living in sin. I was still trying to kind of do things on my own terms um, the way I wanted to do them. And um, really for me, it was uh, um, more of a, a heap of burning coals come to Jesus moment. Um, it was a sermon one Sunday at Soma um, that just, it felt like it was written specifically for me. Um, it just hit deep at what um, kind of the, the sin I was going through and just the mindset that I had um, of kind of wanting to do things my way. Um, and yeah, it, it truly turned, turned my life around and kind of knocked me off my feet. Um, so at that point, um, I truly started taking my face seriously and, and realized I needed to um, surrender my own selfish desires and like kind of go all in with my faith. You know, something I hear in what you're saying, Mackin, is this connection between the Holy Spirit's work in us and surrender. Um, so within the book of Acts, we see this 
a lot, even though we tend to see repentance and belief associated with the Holy Spirit's work. There's also this theme that Jesus is Lord. And so those who come to him in belief are really coming to him, surrendering their wills, that whatever they want for their life and that sense. And so to hear you talk about this journey that God has taken you on, that the Holy Spirit has brought you through, I hear kind of echoes of Paul's story in the book of Acts where, you know, he was um, committed to God, right? He was religious. But when Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus, the thing that he confronts Paul about is the fact that he's resisting him that he is kicking against the pricks, which is a, a visual image of an of a oxen resisting its master's uh, direction. And so it's so interesting to hear you talk about the language of surrender, because I think that's probably really what's underneath a lot of our wrestling, particularly with the Holy Spirit, is who's in charge here? Like, like who gets to call the shots on our life? Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, yeah, definitely. That was a big part of it for me is kind of like, I never, I never stopped believing, um, in God or anything of that nature. It was me not wanting to, to do the things that I was, I was called to do, um, by God and by the word and to kind of live life by my, my own terms and kind of, given to some of those kind of ways of the world that are um, sometimes so, so hard to, to resist or to, or to turn from, because it can kind of feel like you're the, you're the only person doing this or not doing that. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it took kind of that, that come to Jesus moment where I was like, okay, I've, I'm way off the path. I need to um, kind of surrender my own will Um and just let the Holy Spirit take over. And what's interesting about reframing it that way is that it also applies to folks who don't necessarily see themselves as in sin or who aren't um, doing the things that we flag as, you know, the wrong things. Because if being led by the Holy Spirit is about our disposition to Christ's lordship and our surrender to him— it's also entirely possible to fill our lives with all kinds of good things that maybe the Holy Spirit isn't calling us to, but we're kind of using as placeholders for actually obeying him and following what he is calling us to. In fact, I was having a conversation with a friend just today and kind of confessing to her, you know, in a joking way, but in a way that was more real than I like to admit that. I have this section of my life that I let God have full reign over. And I say, you are a Lord here. And as long as we're here, you can do whatever you want. You can call me to whatever you want, but we're not going to touch this part. And so the, the idea of surrender being what's at stake here, I think has um, so much significance to all of us, no matter what place we are in our Christian walk. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's um, also keeping the mindset that that's something we're always going to, to struggle with from time to time or in certain areas. It's not a, a situation where you have that moment, you're 
you're fully surrendered for the rest of your life um, without fault. I think in different seasons, it can be easy to, to fall back into that in certain areas of your life. And um, like, yeah, just, just being, being aware of that and I being able to identify those things and, and work towards surrendering them is important because sometimes it's a, in one moment you give it all up and in other times it may take time and it may take work. Um, it just kind of depends on, um, what it is and what season of life. And, um, yeah, we just always, always have to be looking for those things and, um, yeah, just trying to work on that. Yeah. And I think it gives us a lot of solidarity with each other when we are struggling. So uh, because the journey of faith with Christ is this kind of uh, continued process of coming in to his lordship over our life, this continual kind of place of surrender, of relearning, resurrendering um, to him, we also can have a great deal of empathy and solidarity with those who maybe are struggling or are going through a season of doubt or wandering um, instead of judgment necessarily. It's like, oh yeah, I totally get that instinct. Like I totally know how hard it is to really just lay it out and remove our hands and be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of hits on the importance of community. I know for me personally, community is, is huge. Um, and community was a, a large part of kind of the, the growth in my faith journey kind of from that moment onward, um, whether that be through missional communities at SOMA and, and just being able to, to open up to those people, um, joining a discipleship group, which my group um, still meets today, now six years later at the same time, same place. Um, and just having that, um, that accountability and those people alongside you to kind of help, help you through those struggles and who you can help through their s- struggles. If it's something, um, that you've been through as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're all kind of slugging along this road, um, you know, limping our way to glory, as I've heard it put. Um, but looking back, as you're this far removed from, you know, at least that initial moment of deep conviction of being really confronted and kind of coming to a crossroads and having to make a choice. Um, are you going to surrender? Are you going to come and follow the Holy Spirit's leading? Looking back, what would you say surprises you the most about that process that God brought you through? Yeah, I think um, just as I was kind of thinking, thinking back um, kind of over those years since, I think kind of something that that's surprising to me or interesting to me is how that experience has opened my eyes since then to the Holy Spirit working in my life. Um and being able to more easily see kind of after I, I've gone through some struggle or something has happened or something good has happened, um, how much more, how I can clearly kind of see that that was the, the Holy Spirit working. And I think um, that's something as we grow more and more in our faith and, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to come into our, our hearts, I think 
that just helps us more easily see how the Holy Spirit is continuing to work in in big ways or just in small ways. Mm. It's something that's kind of learned. It's something you learn to recognize through practice, something that can only be learned by surrendering too, that that you have to make that initial kind of, all right, I, I understand this is what's being asked of me in this moment, and so I'm going to move with it. And then that experience then is it builds on that so that as you do that more and more often, it kind of builds that muscle of surrender. And to your point, the ability to recognize where the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding, not just to conviction of sin, but perhaps in other ways, you know, toward good works or toward things that he's calling us to um, in other ways and relationships. But even as we kind of continue to to recognize the Spirit's work in our lives, as we become habituated to it, as we surrender to it, there's still these hurdles, right? There's still these things that we're always going to face and surrender. And we've talked about already how this is a lifelong thing. What kind of hurdles do you struggle with to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead, take my hands off. I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit in this moment. Yeah, I think just um, a big one. And I I think a lot of people probably relate to this is just, um, just sur- being able to surrender when it when it goes against our own desires, um, I think, yeah, I think that's just so difficult. And th- thinking back to when I first started coming to Soma, um, I was I was pretty stubborn for a while in um, not wanting to to make that surrender and take that step um, because it didn't align with what I thought I wanted for my life. Um, and I think I mean that's still hard even today. Um, and, and whatever, whatever I may be going through where it seems like I'm being in a, a pulled in a direction that doesn't make sense um, or that I don't think it's right. I think it can be um, difficult sometimes to, to have that hundred percent trust um, that, that where, where the spirit is pulling us or leading us is going to, to be for our, our best good. But I think, it's just important in those times to, to think about um, those moments in your life where the spirit has led you towards something good or has um, kind of pushed you in that right direction that only hindsight can, can really, um, can really show you. Cause in the moment it may not, it may not seem that way, but when you, when you look back, you can say, okay, I can see what was going on here. I see how I was wrong. And, and this all just makes sense now. Mm. Right. Because the opposite side of the coin of surrender is trust, that there has to be a trust in God's goodness and um, God's love that in giving up our own control or our own will, that we will be safe with him, that it's not going to be used against us, right? And I think that's underneath so much of our struggle, even with each other, um, you know, to kind of defer to one another, or even in the language of Ephesians, to submit to one another in Christ is, how do I know giving up control isn't going to be abused? How do I know that if I give in to what God's doing for me, I can trust 
that this does turn out for my good. And to your point of rehearsing the ways in the past that God's goodness did shine through when we surrendered. I think that's so important to remember that, that God is a God who proves himself faithful. Um, he's not just asking us to jump in blind faith, that there is a trustworthiness um, in his care for us and how he has guided us in the past. But it's not surrender just for surrender's sake and you know, have the willpower to give up your will in a sense. It really is, can we trust this God? Does he know what's best for us? Is he leading us along a path that's going to result in the abundant life that Jesus promises us? Well, as we are kind of bringing this to a close, how can listeners pray for you, Mackin? What is God doing in your life right now? What are you walking through um, that we could shoulder with you? Yeah, I think um, one thing is just that I would continue to find ways to to grow in my faith um, and just a willingness to, to seek out that growth. Um, I feel like kind of my faith journey going back toward when I kind of when I came to Soma and had this um, this kind of a spiritual awakening. I feel like it's been a bit of an exponential curve. There was a lot of growth really quickly in the beginning. And then over time, that growth kind of starts to, to level out a little bit. Um, then too, I think for me, um, the pandemic um, was just really tough for me spiritually, just because um, community is so important to me and such an important part of my, my faith. Um, I think it, it was difficult to kind of figure out what to do without that regular face-to-face community. Um, Cause I think we can all agree that zoom just doesn't quite cut it anymore. Um, so yeah, I think kind of as we come out of that and just generally um, yeah, it's just prayer that for me to continue to, to find ways to grow because we're never um, we're never done growing here in this life. Um, and then secondly, just to, to draw on the sermon that um, Brian Lawrence gave this past weekend um, at Soma as he was visiting, uh, just prayer for patience. Um, one, just generally in life, I'm naturally a, a pretty impatient person. So just in my day to day, kind of that fruit of the spirit is, is something for me to, to work on and an and area potentially for that growth that I mentioned. And then two, um, just as my wife and I are kind of navigating a difficult situation right now, where we're kind of waiting for answers. Um, just, just patience with that, that we would, we would trust the Lord. Well, I'd like to pray for you now as we close and ask God to grant these things out of his goodness and power. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us that you are invested in our lives. Thank you for how you've worked in Mackin's life, that you have been present with him through the whole journey, that your Holy Spirit has um, worked in his heart, that you have given him the ability to respond, to know, to hear um, that leading. Thank you for your patience and your kindness and your gentleness with us as we go our own way, that you do not um, give up on us, 
that your love is not dependent on our performance, um, but that through Christ, you love us with an everlasting love. Thank you for what Mackin has shared with us. And I ask that you will take it and that it will impact listeners, that there will be someone who needs this word and they will hear um, what your spirit has to say through Mackin's words. And we pray, Lord, that as um, he has asked, that you will continue to work in his life, that you will continue to make him aware of your presence, that you will continue to guide through your Holy Spirit. You will continue to give him um, the desire and the will to surrender and to follow as your child. I ask that you will bring him patience patience with his own growth, patience with situations that are um, out of his control, patience with things that are hard and may be something that he, his wife are suffering through at this moment. Give them the trust to know that you are present and that you will bring them through. And Lord, I ask that you will also restore all that we've lost in this last season, that the bonds of community, that the connections that maybe have weakened or even severed would be brought back to us and that you would be the God of resurrection, even within our relationships and uh, the work of your church. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen.